how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. In the last 90 days, I have made... Eric took YouTube by storm last year, starting the year off with zero subscribers and setting the intention to cross a million by the end of the year. Now, Eric actually did achieve getting to a million subscribers before the year ended, but did it in a way that was pretty crazy. He actually stranded himself on an island and live streamed on his channel until he reached a million subs. I'll tell you what. Tell me. You wouldn't catch me doing that. Yeah, me either. No. I would like us to get to 300,000 subscribers, and I would hope you would help us with that. That'd be great. But I'm not going to strand myself on an island. <laughs> not today. Not ever. This is also not the first time that we've interviewed Eric. We actually interviewed him when he had about 500,000 subscribers almost exactly one year ago. We had a great conversation with Eric that went pretty long, actually. And there's a portion of the interview where he just starts asking us questions. That entire part of the interview is going to come out in part two. So this is part one of our two-part series with Eric. So this interview with Eric, we talk about life after hitting a million subscribers and really what it means to become a career creator, growing a team and really establishing a business. And the sponsor of today's episode is a company that helps creators with their business Jelly Smack. We'll tell you more about how Jelly Smack works later in the episode, but if you're a creator and you want to check them out, they are linked in the description. More on that later. All right, and now for part one of our interview with Eric. Dude, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Last time you were in wow. here, this place, we had just moved in. It yeah. was completely empty, and you had 500,000 subs. Yeah, that's crazy. We talked about it quite a bit at that time, but it's pretty fascinating that you've, like, I think this is one of the hardest things to do on YouTube. Yeah. You know, obviously achieve a subscriber goal super hard, but totally. hold on to a, um, to viewership, but then also build a community. Right. You have like a, a, a serious community or as you refer to them, a mafia. The mafia. The mafia. Yeah, you, have to yeah. you guys have to refer to them respectfully or they'll come after right. you. Got Hopefully it. the mafia is sure. here. What's up, mafia? Yep. Welcome. Welcome, um, mafia. Yeah. Be, uh, be nice to them. Yeah, what please. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. If I don't tell them to be nice, they're not going to be nice. All of a sudden, I'm like scared and don't yeah. know what we <laughs> just got into. No, you should be terrified. Okay. Yeah, the, the mafia is present for sure. We're definitely going to get into like the the current uh, version of Iraq yeah, today. Uh, absolutely. But I want to rewind for a second and go to the end of last year. Mm -hmm. You know, you set a goal last year to hit a million subscribers. Yeah. And at the <laughs> end of the year, you were almost there. Yeah. And you launched this campaign called Save Airac. So yes. can, you, can you talk through that experience a bit? And yeah. especially like going and putting yourself on an island. There's a lot yeah. of questions on our on our tweet that we put out about you coming in here. Yeah. Of people being like, did you really do that? Or... <laughs> Talk to us about getting to That was a question subs. that I had yeah. when yeah. I was looking at some of the streams. Was, right. I, I think I came into the office and I was like, I don't know if this is real. Like, yeah. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, it was 100% real. We were on an island off the coast of uh, West Palm Beach. I uh, got six Verizon uh, jetpacks maxed out in data and we were running Wi-Fi off of those with the DSLR as the camera and just running live streams. It constantly crashed because it was such terrible service. But yeah, we were at, we, were at, uh, we set a goal of a million subscribers, zero to a million subscribers by the end of the year. Um, we were at 800,000 uh, December like 
15th ish. Um, and we had to come up with a big swing. So we had this idea, uh, and got help from our friend, our mutual friend, Joe over yep. at stir powered mm-hmm. by stir. Uh, and they put together basically an affiliate website to help the mafia recruit other mafia members to come in and, uh, subscribe to the channel and help us get to our goal of a million subscribers. We shot a couple videos, which I think added doubt to if we actually did it on a little rock in Malibu cause we had to build height. Uh, so it was just a little rock like off the side of the, uh, off uh, the one Oh one right yeah. there. Uh, so we shot some videos, but yeah, then we went to West Palm beach, uh, slept on an Island for six days in the pursuit of a million subscribers live streaming every day. And we did it, which was the craziest part. What was your mental state like that? Like you and Mac uh, looking at you guys, I feel like you were just exhausted. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't even like to mentally revisit it. It was it genuinely, I think that there was, there, it was a traumatic experience. It was like, <laughs> I mean, it was misery. I remember waking up at 3am one night to the, we had like a, like a, you know, like a soccer tent, like yeah. the little ones that you spread out. We had one of those over us that was in sleeping bags in the sand. And we had our table with our camera and our laptop for streaming. Uh, and I remember one night, the <laughs> the wind and rain got so bad and basically the wind lifted the tent like 20 feet in the air lodged it into a tree and i wake up to like everything being rained on it's like 3 a.m i have to climb a tree get this tent back down put it back over everything stake it into the ground and make sure all of equipment doesn't get destroyed go back to sleep wake up the next morning back on stream and we're just wow. like hey guys we're at 930,000 subscribers we have 70,000 left um yeah, man. And it was, uh, it was a really wild experience, but it was one of the craziest feelings of all time when we actually hit it. Like the, I remember having the deep mental image of leaving the Island was like the ultimate payoff for me. Like yeah. when I'm in a boat mm-hmm. looking back at the Island, I did that, that image was just in my head. Mm-hmm. And when it finally happened, it was pretty wild. So why yeah. did you want that? that badly like were you questioning your why while you're getting rained on at 3 a.m in the morning (laughs) yeah man i mean that pushes you it's like a it feels like navy seal training or something you know but genuinely it is like and it makes me emotional to think about it but like very genuinely um i was a person a year i'm a completely transformed version of myself from a year ago and a year ago i was normal person with normal dead-end job that i hated and all I ever wanted in my life was to become a YouTuber. Um, and here I was, it like gives me chills thinking about it, but yeah. like I was like, you know, within spitting distance of this thing. And there were so many people like watching and cheering me on. It's almost like I, I don't, it's like inherently I have no choice, but to do this thing. I didn't really feel like I had a choice to go on the Island or not. It just is what it is. It's just, a, it's just, mm. there's no option. I have to go do this thing because I said I was going to do it. And it's a deep emotional connection to the idea of becoming a YouTuber and proving that that's possible. What an amazing like visualization of, of going away from the Island, like conquering it, right? Like leaving the Island, looking back at this goal. Yeah. It almost reminds me of that scene. And have you ever seen the graduate? Maybe I'm so so bad with movies. So the end of the graduate, like this guy, um, essentially like, you know, he's, he, he, he's, likes this girl. She like pulls her away from her wedding and uh, gets in a bus. And you know, the end of that movie, they're driving away in this bus. And it's almost like this, like typically in a movie, it's like happily ever after. Yeah. But the shot holds on them for way longer than you expect. (laughs) Yeah. And they're looking back and they're smiling. There's a ton of energy. And in a typical movie, the credits would roll right there, but they just hold for a while. And so they just turn around and settle into their seats 
and kind of are like, Whoa. take a deep breath. And they're Whoa. just sitting there and you realize like, oh my God, in real life, they would just be sitting on this bus now and having to Whoa. think about the decisions they just made and what's next. Did you have that moment at all on the boat, looking back at the, the island being like, we did the million yeah. and you, you had such deep purpose in mm. going from zero to a million. Mm-hmm. Did you have any feeling of like, well shit, now what's next? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, um, everyone was telling me the entire last year, basically they were saying you are going to have an existential crisis when you hit a million subscribers because so much of your life is based around hitting the millions. Like you talked to me yeah. last year and all that mattered was hitting a million subscribers. It's all I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, it's all that mattered. It was my priority list. My actions expressed my priorities and the way that I spent my time, the way I treated relationships in real life. Um, I missed <laughs> Christmas. I spent Christmas on the island. I was supposed to have Christmas with my sister and mom in California. And I called them two days before and said, hey, I can't do it. We have this island idea and I have to go hit a million subscribers. And they were so upset. Oof. They were really, it was, I mean, it's just sacrifice. You know, that's the reality of this whole thing is it's sacrifice. Um, but to be able to hit it, live stream the whole thing, and then them call me and be like, I now understand the gravity of what you were trying to do um, was really cool. It was like a full circle moment of like, my parents and my family finally understanding like why I was so deadly committed to this goal, you know, and why it was so abundantly important to me in what felt like the creator economy as a whole, proving that you can still become a creator. Now it's, you know, that was, it was so important. I'd be curious to know, like personally though, in that moment, not necessarily just proving to your parents or proving to yourself when you were looking ahead, did you know what was next? Um, no, they were all right. I had a midlife crisis. I learned like a quarter life crisis. I had no idea what was next. And I think, I mean, I think the, you know, my lack of uploads and videos at the beginning of the year really do reflect that. And it was a really clear showing of my mental state at that point, which was like almost believing that I was the guy who hit a million subscribers. And then that was never going to be a thing. Even though I have this uh, inherent self-confidence in my ability to make these videos and I really love YouTube and that's all I want to be doing. It gets into your head. You know, you set this goal and um, it's all that matters. Everything else. like, And then you do it by nature. You start doubting yourself, you know? And I spent like probably two or three months really like reworking in my mind. Like what is the goal and how do I get there? Um, yeah, and it was really tough. It was like, uh, I feel like I learned a lot from it, but it was a really, it was a really tough beginning of this year going into the, you know, um, going into 2021. All right. Quick break from the interview to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Jelly Smack. Jelly Smack works with creators to grow their audience and their revenue by distributing their content across multiple platforms. Jelly Smack generated $100,000 in incremental revenue for two thirds of its creators last year. They work with creators like Mr. Beast and PewDiePie, but they also work with creators of all sizes. Like creator Bailey Sarian, who grew to 10 million Facebook followers in just 10 months. So if you're a creator who focuses on making videos for YouTube, Jelly Smack will take those videos, they'll cut them up for different platforms and distribute them. Jelly Smack has also built out the technology to edit and optimize your videos. Now, one more thing to note, they walked us through their multivariant testing. So what this means is they'll actually take multiple different versions of a single video of thumbnails and of titles to see which one's working best. And they'll invest in the content to boost it and gauge where the audience is for that content. There's no way that as a creator, if you were to do this by yourself, that you would make 20 to 30 different thumbnails for a single video just to test and see which one would perform best. So they take care of all of the editing and all of the expenses. This is at no cost to you as a creator, which is huge because you can just focus on creating. 
The team over there is awesome. They all started out as creators themselves. So it's really fun to talk to them because we can totally see eye to eye and they, they get where we come from as creators. So head over to jellysmack.com, click get in touch, and then tell them that Colin and Samir sent you. That's C-O-L-I-N-S-A-M-I-R. <laughs> we should have a jingle. We should. Yeah. Someone make us a jingle. Someone make us a jingle. All right, back to the show. I think what's funny is you, you mentioned a lot of people around you and you have great people around you with, mm. with Zach and Kate. Mm. Um, shout out Zach and Kate. Shout out to Zach and Kate yes. um, at One Day Entertainment. But yes. talking about, you know, anticipating this existential crisis. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone could probably see it from the outside, yeah. right? Even, even I think us, when we were thinking about it, we were like, okay, you're going to go through some sort of like purpose shift. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really important thing for every aspiring creator to think about mm-hmm. is that, you know, you set that subscriber goal and it's amazing, mm. but essentially life is just like this constant evolution of yeah. goals and achievements. If yeah. you like, if you like that type of stuff, well that's, said. that's what it is. Right. Mm. And when you really think about it, it's just like the feeling of achieving something is really exciting. Um, your goal is actually to just continually find those things mm-hmm. to achieve. But mm-hmm. then the challenge with YouTube is they put so many metrics around it that they quantify your achievements mm. in this crazy way. Like they send you a, you know, plaque when you hit <laughs> a, a hundred thousand yeah. and you hit a million. And then every week they rank your video. They yes. say, is it a one out of 10 or a 10 out of 10? Yes. And at 32 years old, a 10 out of 10 punches me in the gut. <laughs> it, yeah. shakes it shakes our existence. You, it shakes yes. you to your core where yes. you're like, oh, okay, let's wrap up the company. This is over. Everything that you yeah, have everything can be stripped have. away from yeah. you in a moment. Yeah. A week ago, we made a video about Roblox and it was a 10 out of 10. And it was an awful day. It yeah, was an we, awful we, two to we three We were like days. at each other's throats. Yeah. 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 Sure. We were just questioning I'm everything. Sure. And yeah. like, you're just like, oh, okay. Like everything sucks. Like yep. it's over. Uh, yeah. Like this is the Everything answer. else was just so happened to be, yeah. I, I have and no, I'm the dumbest like, person. On how YouTube. did we get so off track? Yeah. yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, With yeah, one yeah. video and then it picked up in the algorithm three <laughs> days later and it's all good. <laughs> but, that's how it happens. And yeah. I think that, you know, one thing that's really important, I, I know Emma Chamberlain recently talked about like mental health with, with creators. And I think it's actually really important for us to always keep the conversation open that like mm. even you and us and people who are doing this as their career, like that is a part of this career that's challenging. Totally. That's a challenging part of this career to deal with purpose, to deal with identity, to deal with ranking yourself week to week. Totally. Uh, like forget comments. Yeah. Everything else is also a huge like amalgamation of mental challenges on a regular yeah. basis. Totally. I was talking to another YouTuber about this two days ago, but uh, it's interesting coming from normal life and yeah. business world where a lot of times basically your business and what you do for work is limited by either uh, a market cap or a demand basically the amount of money in overhead at some point starts to get too close to your profit margins and, and it sort of levels out, right? You can work really hard and your return on investment starts to sort of cap off, sure. uh, which is pretty normal in business world, like mm-hmm. in small business, like we're talking about small business and YouTube and in what we're doing here, it's a really scary world for people that are wired like me or you guys or a lot of aspiring creators because, um, your opportunity to grow, your opportunity to get subscribers, your opportunity mm. to make money is no longer capped yeah. by any sort of worldly metric. Right. Your mm. opportunity to do all of those things is only capped by your willingness to sacrifice and your willingness to work. Wow. And that, that's, that's it. That's the only thing that caps. So now you aren't, you're, there's no longer an excuse of like, well, you know, I could hire another person, but it's just, I'm barely going to make any more money. It's like, well, I could hire another person and potentially make a million more dollars because I like the scale, the level of scale and opportunity here is 
so mm. ridiculous uh, that, that you're only limited by your Williams Award. Incredibly well put. I think that's one of that's like honestly like wraps up creator anxiety in mm. a really interesting way mm-hmm. of like the the kind of looming anxiety you feel on a daily basis of I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not uploading to this platform mm-hmm. or I'm not you know, building a merch brand or mm. I'm not building this company. I'm just yeah. like, you're just like, oh my God, wh- why am I not doing it? Totally. And every night you go to bed being like, I could be doing more. Totally. Uh, While at the really same time, we don't really have sound data uh, with which we make all of our decisions mm. off of, right? So you may perceive that you would be making better videos if you did <laughs> crazier ideas yeah. in this direction, right. yeah. but that may not be right. That Correct. may just be your perception based off of. It's like a, a lot of qualitative data. It's, yeah. Qual- yeah, it's not quantitative. It yeah. stops being quantitative. It's very much like there's so many elements to what we're doing, right? Yeah. And how you, how you, literally, how you guys come across on camera and the way that yeah, you yeah. interact with an audience is so qualitative. It's so hard to measure, right? Here's the thing is like, yes, you're at 1.5 million subs, but I think what's really impressive is your views per video. Mm. Like you're pulling in over a million views a video right now. And some of your videos are going upwards of four or 5 million views. How are you coming up with these ideas? What's your process to, to come up with these ideas? I'm a big advocate for the idea that YouTube has been around for like what, 15 years or something. Yeah. Uh, with, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of hours uploaded every single hour worth of content. It's extremely hard at this point on YouTube to completely reinvent the wheel or like it's Mm -hmm. most things that you can dream up in your brain have been done on the platform. Um, So I'm a big advocate for also finding things that you think you're also interested in and reinventing those in your own way. Mm -hmm. What I'm not saying is stealing a title and thumbnail and remaking it somebody else's video. What I am saying is taking an interesting idea and making it your own. I'm a big advocate for that as well. So where did 50 mariachi band players come from. That was a reinvention of 50 bodyguards, which was, which came from a conversation we had on clubhouse where we open up our video idea sessions as well. That's big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're in the split. Yeah. You guys are in the split. You get paid. We we get royalties on this idea. So we have a thing called the creative allegiance as well, which I open up to the public. Uh, And basically I bring in my smartest friends and we all brainstorm video ideas. And then I give, I use stir to basically give everybody a percentage of the ad revenue that comes from a video that's brainstormed. But somebody said, wouldn't it be funny if we quantified law enforcement? Like if we had 50 police officers or a hundred police officers Mm. uh, and then that turned into 50 bodyguards which was like this ha ha idea. And then I was brainstorming legitimate ideas. And I thought back on that. And honestly, I thought that video was going to be like a 10 out of 10. Like it was just like, it was one of those ones that you throw out there and you're like, I don't know if this is going to do really well or really poorly. Uh, It's one of your best performing videos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bodyguard one's like our, like maybe our most viewed video, which is funny, Mm. but it was literally like, I filmed that video and at the end of it was like, probably a trash video, but I'll upload it anyway. Just see what happens. How do you get though? Like you get the, the logistics of these videos, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think about this all the time. I, even the sneaker video. I was like, yeah. you made a sneaker. And I was telling Colin, I was like, it's kind of dope. Like, yeah, the sneaker yeah. itself, <laughs> I was like, the yeah. how do you figure out how to make a sneaker? Like, where do you, how do you d- deal with the logistics of these videos? Even yeah. in the most, just to hone in on the mariachi band one. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm like, you're, these people are popping out of nowhere, but you know where they are and you're like perfectly filming them. Like how did these logistics work out? Like how is this coming together? Um, It's a great question. I think that I naturally have this um, interest in creating interesting stories like that and things that feel like they shouldn't be possible. Yeah. 
It's a, it's exhausting. Uh, and I, I actually, I have to give a shout out to Hayden, who's our, who yeah. I just recently hired mm-hmm. as a producer. Um, and I basically at this point will give him this like interesting idea. And then we go back and forth for like a week straight. And he'll ask me a series of questions that we've deemed important uh, in order to basically plan out the entire video. And I'm telling him like, hey, this is this interesting idea at 11 o'clock, one person needs to meet us here. At 12 o'clock, six people need to meet us here. At 1 p.m., 50 people need to meet us here. And uh, like, just make sure that that happens. I will say we kind of have a cheat code by being in LA where any, it's like the land of anything's possible. Like Mm -hmm. you need 50 mariachi people. They exist out here somewhere. (laughs) It's just a matter of finding the person. You'd be surprised sometimes how many doors open for you. If you're just able to prepare the idea in advance, like shutting down the Santa Monica pier was pretty easy with the ask. It was just a matter of thinking ahead to thinking about doing it. So you actually shut down the pier. Yeah. We shut down the amusement park for like, an hour or two or something. How much does that cost? Not that much. It was just a matter of thinking ahead and finding the right person to ask. Wow. Right. But if you shoot, if you're shooting, trying to shoot a video like every other day, it's going to be difficult. But when you come up with that idea and say, we have enough ideas where we're going to shoot that in a month from now, the ideas become a lot more Mm. manageable. So it's a matter of like coming up with the ideas and then giving enough time to actually develop the ideas. So what you're seeing in that 10 minute video is a culmination of, you know, a month's worth of work. What about your appetite to spend on some of these videos? Because I know you're spending like hundred thousand dollars, yeah, right, on yeah. some of these videos. And yeah. I and you think about Mr. Beast, right? He he will say that his channel <laughs> alone is not profitable, right, right. for sure, because he invests so much money back into the channel. Yeah. Is, yeah, is that kind of where your channel is at? Like, how do you look at investing in your videos? I'm not the type of person to spend money on like anything else. I don't know. I, I'm not like spending a bunch of money on clothes or like a house or like. I'm not, I don't feel the need to really do any, I really only care about YouTube and I want to succeed on YouTube and I have fun doing YouTube. And that's like, that's like where I want to be spending my money and having a good time. It's like, I'm proud of these videos that I'm making, giving Mm. to the world. Um, And so I think, I mean, I, I, what I'm not an advocate for is spending all this money on the videos and then being homeless. Like that's not okay. Or taking care of yourself financially. You're setting yourself up. There is a portion of this money that's coming in that I'm using to make sure that I don't completely just go broke if YouTube were to get deleted tomorrow, you know, but I have a sense of self-belief and willingness to work that I think, um, is my competitive advantage. And so I think if I'm able to continue to invest in that, then the, then, then it'll all be a, a, Hmm. uh, profitable venture in the long run, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you guys were like a year ago, the couch is a great example of spending $17,000 on a couch, but yeah. the amount of money that was made off of that couch, if we want to f- yeah. measure it that way is so much greater than the $17,000 that was spent on the couch. That was a good gamble for you. It was a good bet. And what's, what's amazing is we put it in the last, or one of the videos we made on this channel about you, yeah. but you sent us all these cell phone videos of you kind of doubting that yeah. moment mm-hmm. of totally. being like, oh man, is this going to work? What am I doing? Like, yeah. does this make any sense? Yeah. So like, it's, it's pretty interesting that you go from there where I think you still had a wedding photography company. Yeah. Do you still have that company? I actually recently sold it at the beginning of this you year. You sold wow. it? Yeah, so I'm full-time YouTuber wow. now. Wow, congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. That's thank huge. you, I appreciate so it. So you had a wedding uh, photography company and you opened up a new company called Arak and Associates. It's <laughs> <laughs> still to, so funny. To, is it still? Oh, man. Yeah, it's still Arak and Associates. It's still Arak and Associates. <laughs> yeah. And you do have more associates We do have now. associates yeah, now. Yeah. It's not just me anymore. So yeah. talk to us about the team that helps put all this stuff together now yeah. um, when it comes to, to the world of Arak. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, I think that when you say, I, w- I don't know how you do this every single week, I think that's like the key to this whole thing. And like 
the only way that I'm not completely burned out by trying to push the envelope every week is by finding really great people like Mac who edits and is a character in the videos. He's like, you know, a phenomenal editor and wildly talented and wildly driven. Um, and he's such a diamond in the rough and such a talented human being. Um, and we have Max who helps him and finding, you know, Zach, who's like yeah. a phenomenal manager and Kate who's built out creator. Now yeah. it's just these people finding people who can sort of replace you as a smarter version of you in these different little areas, I think is what keeps me able to do what I'm doing so that I can come here and hang out with you guys yeah. and learn more about mm-hmm. creator. If I had to edit my own videos, run creator now, right. uh, manage myself in brand deals, like produce my future videos for the next four weeks. I would, I can't come do this. You know what I mean? But, uh, I think finding really talented people, um, and letting them run with it and really letting it be their project, you know, like Eric production, I give it that to Hayden or, you know, Eric's editing. I give that to Mac and give him autonomy and say, Hey, make this like the best thing that you feel like you can make it into, you know? Are there ever videos where the team's like, Oh God, I don't know about this one. Or like, how does the team feel about some of the ideas that, yeah. that you pull off? Oh, like, I, yeah. I've definitely had some pretty edgy ideas that have been shut down by the team. And I take their consideration very seriously. Yeah. I really do. Speaking of pushing the boundaries, you've recently retired one of your most popular series, which is <laughs> sneaking in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a sad day. But you've snuck into, you know, boxing matches yeah. now are probably the most notable. Yeah. Um, why, why retire that series? <laughs> I do love sneaking into things. It's like something I would do off camera. I would sneak into music festivals and stuff. For better or for worse, it was just this fun thing that me and my friends did. Uh, and it turned it out to be a thing that the internet loved as well, loves as well. Um, and I look back at the whole sneaking in series and it feels like I did all the things that I wanted to do. And the worst part about a TV show is when the TV show runs the TV show into the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it just keeps going nonsensically. Um, and I feel like sneaking into like Logan Paul versus Mayweather and getting as close and everything as we did in proximity and getting the shots we did. I felt so good about that, uh, that I don't know. I didn't really feel the need to go in. I don't, I, I don't know what the next one would even be. You know, I feel like I've checked all the boxes for what I wanted to do with that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I also think that it forces me to open up another box of creativity. What other series are we capable of? It's not a really sustainable format. Correct. You can't keep it's pushing that. Stressful. You can't push that envelope too far. Or else, also Correct. people like are recognizing you and being like, "Oh, there yeah. he is! He's Correct. doing the thing!" Yeah, At some yeah, point, yeah, yeah. Like this yeah. last one, it was you know a giant fan meetup. Basically, right. me sneaking in became a fan meetup, right? Which is no longer really me sneaking in. So, right. At some point. But you know what? Also, you have to, I, I think about it like this too, you know, like uh, Ford Bronco was the most popular car back in the day. It's this hugely popular four by four. Okay. They stopped making the four by four. Right. Mm. It stays the most popular four by four. People buy vintage Broncos. You see them you all over the streets out here. Are the Ford Bronco. 40 years YouTube. later, they yeah. bring the Ford Bronco back. So. Got it. So who when knows, the time man. is right, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. In right, 40 years, in 40 years, you'll sneak in. Still doing yeah, yeah, YouTube, yeah. You know, maybe we'll bring it back. We'll see what happens. But for now, the series is retired. Yeah. Do you, uh, with series like that and content like you make, yeah. um, last year we talked about kind of positivity and, and your brand holistically. Yeah, Do you, sure. Are you concerned at all about being brand safe? It seems like that's not really a concern or how do you think about your brand in that context? Yeah, it's interesting. I think we found some brands that really um, understand what we're doing. Um, and I, I, 
I guess one of the main ways we, <laughs> we one of the main ways we look at the brand is through like these uh, goggles of like, and that's how we sort of decide whether or not a video gets made. And we've gotten much more strict on that. Mm. Is like, do these videos align with the brand goals? And like sometimes the way we'll d- like uh, compare the brand is to like a Ferris Bueller or like a Robin Hood. Mm. Like these are both like these figures that you can as a normal person as like the the underdog almost like agree with their sentiments and their uh ethics right um mm-hmm. you know what i mean and in they're they're good people pushing the boundaries and that is sort of the brand we want to go after those are both loved characters and like, in, like in story mm-hmm. form is the ferris bueller or the robin hood and that's kind of what we're going after that's good framework yeah. that's something people can but understand if, but if all of a sudden we become i've talked to these guys are great but if we come because we just start making milk videos where we're destroying people's days for no reason <laughs> yeah you know which is what they do but it's, it's yeah, great yeah, yeah. i watch the videos yeah, they're funny yeah. that's not what i want the right, brand to be right. that's not personally what i'm looking yeah to do, that's you know? pure pure just like entertainment for entertainment's totally, sake which yeah. is great and that's something that colin and i talk about actually quite a bit is like you know we consider ourselves more in like the education world yeah and you've now crossed over a bit into that world which is mm. what we talked about also last year we talked um, was around like creating a community that's all dedicated to achieving goals. Right. So I guess I want to also ask you this question around like, what are your goals now Mm -hmm. um, as a channel? Like, you know, you had this very tangible goal of, I want to reach a million subscribers. Yeah. What's, what's, the goals now, like how does the company and the people you work with, do they, do you all have a goal written up on a wall being like, this is our next goal. Yeah. And is it tangible or more intangible? Yeah. I love it. Um, I think firstly, I mean, obviously to answer a simple question, I mean, I feel like I've communicated to you guys, especially like how important it genuinely is to me to help people who want to be creators become creators. So creator now is an, is a, is an answer to that question right there. So building that is super important to me and, and trying to answer the question of like, what does good education mean? Like finding these big questions like that and being able to try to find better answers is really interesting to me. Why is that important? Like, why is it important to you to, to help people? Because I think I can see, especially the Island was something that was a huge inspiration for that because I spent, (laughs) I mean, I was probably on 50, a hundred zoom calls with just people that were on stream, just talking to them. And I saw like 13 to 20 year old versions of myself and every single one of them of like, I want this thing so bad and I don't know how to do it. And I don't have the resources to, and I'm too scared to try. Like I'm too scared to like post a video of myself because I'm worried about what my friends will think, you know? And I probably, you guys too can like resonate so deeply with that. Yeah. It's so scary. They like Newton's laws, like an object of motion tends to stay in motion, object of rest tends to stay at rest. So the person who's not pursuing the career, it's the hardest part is to get the ball moving at all. So trying to be a catalyst for those types of people to get the ball moving is like what that means and what the mm-hmm. purpose of creator now is for. So explain to us what creator now is. Yeah. It's, it's so it's a six week challenge uh, that basically uh, helps people starting um, from zero or people that are in stagnant in their creator journey or want to become better creators, surround them with a community of people of like-minded aspiring creators uh, and also help them with the uh, basics um, habits that help you become a successful creator, which is like what you guys said, putting creativity in a box and forcing yourself. Like, how do I actually make videos every single week? Like, how do I make videos consistent or it's twice a week or it's like whatever it is consistently making content for the internet, right? That's what it means to be a creator. Like that is what yeah. it means. It's not uploading one video one time and then again in six right. months, consistent mm-hmm. content for, for your audience that you're building is how you become a creator on the internet period. Yeah. There's no one that can force you to press the upload button 
but it's a lot easier to do it when you're surrounded by like-minded individuals and other aspiring creators. Um, and I think that I am shocked by, uh, the way that these people have actually used the program and they're like people, these people are like roommates now and they're moving in together uh, and cool. meeting each other from across the country. So it, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, so it fires me up. Your first season of, of Creator Now, um, the the you opened the doors on May 1st and yeah. it sold out in 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's super cool. You also have, I think, 12,000 plus people on a waiting list. Yeah, we have like 14,000 people on a waiting list. 14,000 people yeah. on a waiting list for Creator Now. Yeah. I was one of the speakers in the first season. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed my experience. Cool. I, I thought I it, it was like really fun. The community yeah. was super engaged. I recognized yeah. a lot of people in the community, which yeah. I thought was like really cool to think about the fact that you've created space for that. Totally. Um, very inspired by it. Uh, yeah. and I'm just curious now, like this is technically the second cohort a second season of it. Totally. Does it happen indefinitely? What do you do? Cause you're only allowing 300 people in, right? Yeah. Correct. So how does that business, what, what's the element? Like, how does that come? Yeah. I you? mean, I think, the, I think the limit comes from our ability. I mean, we've all been in some sort of a classroom setting, right? Like yeah. the, the classroom, setting becomes less valuable the more people that you bring into it. So we really want to be able to focus on the people that we have inside. Um, and then as far as going on indefinitely or whatever, it's dependent on our ability. I, I, you said it the best, which is it's dependent on our ability to continue to create value. Right. If, if, if it stops yeah. being valuable, we're going to stop doing it. Yeah. If it stops being in demand, we're going to stop doing it. I, I like, I mean, I, Colin talked to me about this when we, we started toying around with like, is it Patreon? Like how do we build a community around totally. what we want? Cause we even like, when we send out the newsletter, we want a space for people to talk about what's going on. Or yeah. like when we have our interview with you, we want right. to, have people be able to talk about it in a community. We're like, is it Patreon? Is it like Discord? Like, yeah. what is it? And one thing Colin brought up to me was like, we don't like the concept of like indefinite membership where right. it's just like <laughs> you sign up and then yeah. whenever we're, we burn out or you're done, you can leave. Yeah, uh, The right. value is too unstable. Like, yeah. right. It just Correct. wavers completely. Right. I assume the churn is super high. Yeah. yeah. Which means people's expectations aren't met. Correct. When you can't dictate what the value is. Correct. Correct. Um, but creator now honestly makes a lot of sense. Like it's a yeah, solve. I think it's a stop. I, and I almost yeah. have to fight back against like the club sort of thing where it's like, there is no inherent value in that. It's just additional content. So there's nothing right. against that. But what I'm really passionate about is creating things that in businesses that have inherent value. Yep. Right. And so creating something that inherently helps push humanity forward, even in a small way, that's interesting, you know? So let's talk about the, the, the ARAC channel business. Oh, business. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. So rank these business functions for me right now. Um, AdSense. Yeah. Brand deals, mm -hmm. merchandise creator. Now you're saying for income. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say brand deals is probably number one. AdSense is right behind that. Wow. Mm. Creator now is probably behind that. And then Merch and random miscellaneous is probably behind that. Talk to me random about miscellaneous. miscellaneous. What kind of odd <laughs> jobs is Eric well, doing? We are yeah. called the mafia for yeah. a reason. A lot of under the table yeah, cash what kind of deals being exchanged. Are you uh, I don't even know what that really means. What does that mean? That's like that's like one off. Like we'll do like a, speaking engagement. Or yeah, something. like a yeah. speaking engagement yeah. or like a random like Instagram something or yeah. like a random like TikTok thing that comes here or there. Got it. Uh, yeah. In-person types of things. So when you think about like the advertising business, brand deals and AdSense, yeah. like what percentage of the Eric business does that take up? Um, that's probably like uh, right now, I'm going to say it's probably like 25 to 35%. Something oh like my that. God. Wow. Okay. I mean, I so, so the rest yeah. of the business makes up 70%. 
Yeah, between AdSense, Creator Now, like all that other random stuff, something wow. like that. That's it's great. Evenly yeah. distributed. That's really I'm well trying. I, I, want, yeah. I, I love I the brands that we work with, but I'm yeah. trying to really hedge against, like, Got it. you know, I mean, yeah, like yeah. any creator, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of creators, though, right now, I think there's even a graph about this, but it's like most creators make 90% of their income from brand deals. Wow, interesting. And that's how the business works today. Like ownership and equity in, in your owned and operated brands is just not something that currently has enough, I think there's just not enough operators. Right. You know, like again, you're lucky to have Kate and Zach who can right. build Creator Now and operate it right. and, and help you operate it. Um, but a lot of creators don't have that. Mm -hmm. So AdSense you mentioned is second there yes, when it yeah. comes to your revenue streams. Yes. Are you willing to show us actually like what your yeah, AdSense looks like? I feel like if it were past me watching this, I wish that someone yeah. like me would have shown like money. You want me to pull it up like on my phone? All right, so last 90 days the from YouTube AdSense. Okay, the last in the last 90 days, I have made $154,000 in the last 90 days on AdSense. In I don't know last, if that's good or bad. In the last three months. In the last three months, I've made $150,000. I mean, I think that's pretty significant. So, so you're tracking at $50,000 a month. Yeah, something like that, usually. $50,000 a month, and you don't know if that's good it or bad. It kind of feels like free money. It's like I would post these videos because I love making videos anyway, so it's just, yeah. Just think about that for a second. Yeah. You don't know if it's good or bad. Just think about it in another business context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I guess it's crazy. dollars a month, yeah. and that's not your primary source of revenue. Right. And some of that is passive. A lot of that yeah. is passive. A lot of it's passive, right? yeah. Like, if you stopped right now, you'd probably still at least generate 20 grand a month. Yeah, if you for stopped a little bit. Yeah. For a little bit. Correct, yeah. But that's crazy, right? That, there's like, no, there's no level of gratitude that is lost on me looking at this number either. Like, I know the alternative. I've lived in the alternative of like, yeah borderline can't pay rent. Right. Uh, so there's no, like I'm so abundantly like grateful for this. And I feel like I want to show this not to brag, but to like past me or somebody who wants to be a creator. There is, there's opportunity here like and show what, what's possible. Yeah. Like this, is I just possible. think it's crazy that like the platform will pay creators. Dude. I mean, it's the only platform 50,000 bucks a month from yeah. YouTube. Like yeah. the, the, Platform YouTube is paying you that much money. It's crazy. And that's a, by the way, that's like a 45-55 split. Yeah, after so they really, take their yeah. split. I produced yeah. $300,000 worth of money and they took half of it. A value in the last three months. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That's pretty that's crazy. crazy. That's to wild. think about like you are that valuable to that company. Right. And think about how many creators there are. So many. I think it's amazing that YouTube has that relationship with creators where they'll pay you. Same. You know? Like that's, that's crazy. I agree. I fully, how much, what, what percentage would you say that is of y'all's income? Under 5%. We don't wow. make, we don't make much money on AdSense. Interesting. I will say that our year to date AdSense yeah. right now yeah. is the same amount we made last year. Right. And we're only halfway through the year. Interesting. Yeah. But like as a frame of reference, our year to date AdSense is $16,000. Yeah. So it's like, it's not even something we think about. Right. It's not even a factor in right. our business. Like it's part of the random miscellaneous category for us. Like what you, you broke out your pie chart, like right. for us, we put AdSense in random miscellaneous. Like we do not put it as a part of- So wild. As a part of our, our holistic pie. Uh, it's just not a part of our world. So different. There's no wrong way to build this whole creator thing. It's pretty crazy. It's yeah. kind of exciting. Yeah. You can yeah. literally do whatever you want. I think what's exciting is to look at us like sitting at the same table, yeah. doing it as a career with yeah. people who work for us too, like building businesses yeah. in totally different ways. Yeah. And that's, I think, emblematic of what's possible today. Yeah. Like you can do it in so many different ways. So cool. So we also talked about like finding operators, 
yeah. like people to help you. Yeah. You know, what's amazing now is the industry is also catching up to this where there's companies that'll help you operate as well. Mm. Um, the sponsor of this episode is, is Jelly Smack, which is a company that supports, you know, you taking your YouTube content and putting it across other platforms. I've heard about that. I have a lot of creator friends who use them. Actually. A lot of creator mm-hmm. friends who use um, Jelly Smack. They're, they're, they're awesome. We talk to them all the time. There's a ton of creators who work at that company too, which is really cool. Um, so they know what it's like to be a YouTube creator. <laughs> I mean, it is so hard to take your YouTube content and cut it for different platforms. You think in your head and other people say it too. They're just like, Hey, like just cut it for TikTok or just cut it for snap or just cut it for. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, like I, first of all, I'm on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I'm on to the next one. And I also like, I don't really have, yeah, I don't have the time for it, but it's also a completely different skill set. It is not the same thing to just say, like, make it vertical and put it out on TikTok. Completely separate. It's yeah. so much bandwidth outside of what you're already doing. Yeah. It's like mental bandwidth too, right? Cause yeah. like, I don't know what it means to make money from content on Facebook mm-hmm. as a creator. Mm-hmm. I have no yeah. idea right. what types of videos you need to make Correct. really, or like how that feels. Yeah. How do we build a business function that we can be less involved in so we can focus on creating? Totally. That's a hard thing to do. And it requires people who are really understand what you're doing. And I actually yeah. think that's why building businesses that aren't as novel is what's really important. Mm. Like merchandise is and and clothing is a business that's been around forever. If you inject a creator into it, it, it explodes. Right. But there's a ton of people who can operate clothing lines. Totally. So that's interesting, right? That's right. why a lot of creators do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about other things that aren't as novel where you're like, oh, I could build that business because there's already pre-existing infrastructure to build it. Mm-hmm. But if I throw my creator spin on it, it'll it'll blow up. Totally. But a lot of creators want to launch a unique business on top of their unique business, which is being a creator. Right. And that is when it gets pretty complicated because- <laughs> you have to find a really like good operator to partner with on that or bring in to, to run it. Yeah. And you also have to know your audience extremely well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cre- bringing product to market for an audience. I feel like it has been for the mafia. It's been like a lot of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks because uh, as diehard as the audience is and how much I, no matter how much I love them, they are going to tell me that all of my ideas are great uh, mm-hmm. and then not buy it when it comes, when it, when it yeah, happens, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So you have mm-hmm. to sort of be careful. Yeah. Audience definition is huge. And I think that's something for aspiring creators to think about as they're starting their journey. Like there was an interesting headline today that night media, the same management company that, uh, you know, represents Mr. Beast just signed dental digest, which is a (laughs) 3.5 million subscriber channel about uh, oral care. Yeah. Also they're subscribers to this channel. And they're also subscribers to this shout out guys. Yeah. So you have all these crossover in your channel analytics. No, no, no. Like they they subscribe to our channel. Oh, nice. Dental digest shout out. So, you know, this guy, Anthony like chose a, I mean, he's a dental student, right? He's a third year dental student, but oral care is a pretty, uh, it, it, it lacks creators. Mm. Right. Right. But it's a, it was in 2020. It was like a 53 billion dollar industry in the right. U.S. That's crazy that you right, said that. Right. My so my girlfriend's roommate actually just got hired, very nice salary to go literally just be a sit-in like social media person recording TikToks for a dental place, and yeah. they are like have like four million, five million followers on TikTok. It's right. huge. <laughs> yeah, it's so, crazy. So if you're yeah. watching and you take anything out of this episode, yeah, if you're a dentist, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> or if you haven't defied, decided what you want <laughs> your job to be, right, go become a dentist. Go Blow become up a dentist. On <laughs> yeah, get that brand deal money and that teeth money. Yeah, get exactly. that teeth money. Yeah, who knows? So, yeah. Get the teeth money is the yeah. takeaway. When you look at what Mr. Beast has, like yeah. what Jimmy has, sure. Do you look at that and say, I want that? Um, I think Jimmy, here's the thing. The next Mr. Beast is not going to be making videos like Mr. Beast. 
The yeah. next Mr. Beast is not going to be make, doing giant philanthropy giveaways and doing whatever it is that Jimmy does. Love the guy. I think he's incredibly intelligent. We're friends. He's great. Um, but I, I don't aspire to do what Jimmy does. I think, I think my path by nature, if I want to be a massive creator has to be significantly different. So I don't look at Mr. Beast and think like I should do what he's doing. I think, how can I take some inspiration from him and do, um, my own thing. What I do really respect about Jimmy. And I think what he does a great job at is taking inspiration from the right people. Um, you know, he's like heavily inspired by these really smart people and doing some really, he's, he's, he's created a really interesting business. He's interested in, um, you know, creating, I don't know how much I can say. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how much I can say, but he's basically, he's created some interesting businesses that fund a giant philanthropy essentially, yeah, yeah. which is a very cool, uh, interesting business. And it's also a really cool thing to die saying you did. And that's what he's interested in, yeah. which is creating something that has long-term impact on planet earth. Uh, and he's doing a phenomenal job of that, especially at his age. It's unbelievable, man. Is there a recent video this year that like went really poorly and like the production was just a mess and, uh, but you were able to put it together in the edit. Like, I, oh, I have a great example for okay, you. Let's hear uh, it. little did you know the, the freaking bodyguard video that yeah. we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, 75% of that, this is a little secret for your audience. Yeah. 75% of that video is dubbed over. Oh my God. The wow. audio didn't work. The audio completely failed on that shoot. We had mics in our pocket and the mic was plugged in. If you have the yeah, Zoom yeah, H1s, yeah, yeah. it's plugged into the output and not the input. And it was, oh. we had two of them and one of them got in the water and it got corrupted and the other one was plugged into the wrong thing. Uh, so most of that video is completely dubbed over. Uh, that's crazy. Almost didn't get uploaded. So it's pretty wild that that's such a popular video. That's crazy. So but you literally were watching yourself talk and trying to, we had Match the it. body, like one of the main bodyguard guys come over. We had wow. Fidias come over to the house. We're redoing things. Everybody, we're hiring people to come back in and watch themselves on the screen and like do redub over. Amazing. Everything actually happened, yeah. which sucks. But then, yeah, we basically had to bring everybody back That's in. That's wild. everybody again to redo the audio on the That's video. That's wild. You should watch it again. And no, see yeah, watch it again. I think everyone yeah. should watch it again and look yeah. at that. That's yeah. crazy. You'll be able to pick up on it. So, dude, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah, of course. Um, it's amazing to have you. I hope, we can, I hope we can have you on again one million subscribers later. Or five million or subscribers. Or five million subscribers. Depending on Okay, don't have me happens. back until I have 5 million more subscribers. Is that the goal for this year? 5 million subs? That's the goal. What my bigger goal is to create consistent content and, yeah. and make the audience happy. That's my yeah. freaking goal. Uh, but hey, if we can uh, get an extra 5 million subscribers, I'm cool with that too. So. Yeah. So thanks so much to all of you who have made it to this part of the video. If you enjoyed this episode, we do this show every Monday. If you're new here, make sure to subscribe and like this video. And thanks so much to Eric for coming on and being so open with us about his business. I think it's really helpful for creators to understand and and hear conversations like this. It's something that we would have loved when we first started creating. Stay tuned for part two, where Eric interviews us. Yeah, he kind of flips the whole thing on its head. It takes over the interview. We didn't really see it coming. Lastly, thanks to Jelly Smack for sponsoring this episode. If you're a creator looking to expand your audience and your revenue and get your content across multiple platforms, click the link in our description, head over to jellysmack.com, click get in touch and tell them Colin and Samir sent you. Eric would be a great creator for Jelly Smack. He would be. He has a huge library. Yeah. They would put it on Snap. They would put it on Facebook. It would be great. It would make him a bunch of extra money. All right. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and we will see you next week for part two of this interview.